Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Dawn of Justice by each individual minute. My name's Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. I am Justin. You can find me on uh, Twitter at ShailenOnBat. And that's it. That's 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 <laughs> it. And that's all. Keep it short. Keep it sweet. That's how we like it. Today, uh, what are we doing here, boys? We're talking about minute number 97. And the minute's going to start out with uh, Lois reminding Cal that his symbol has meaning. Uh, and the minute's going to end with uh, Alexander Luthor Jr. entering the scout ship. Ooh. Ooh. So let me start this off with you guys. Because yesterday we talked about some Last Jedi for stuff. It, and There's reins con- here. This continues. Take them. Yeah. So this in this minute, it starts off with Lois saying that this symbol means something. That the Cal L, the House of L symbol means something to people now in the last jedi the force awakens we got ray delivering the lightsaber over to luke skywalker that lightsaber means something it meant something to kylo ren which is why he really wanted it and it meant something to luke skywalker because it belonged to his father even it meant something to obi-wan and now it means something to ray and the resistance who need luke skywalker the legend superman the hero they need him again but that character denies it he declines it and so I feel like there's a parallel here, and I don't know if you guys agree, but like Luke Skywalker basically says the same thing where Ray would say, this means something, or Lois Lane says, this means something, and the character says, nope, it doesn't exist anymore, yeah, and just tosses it into the wind, yeah. literally by Luke Skywalker. And uh, I just wanted to get your guys' opinion. Do you, do you agree? Do you not agree? Like, Do you think that is good writing, or do you disagree on the path that they went justin go for it um i think that it's always cool to uh take our favorite heroes or favorite characters and contort them to to see what makes them tick to give them uh different challenges unfortunately if you're not paying those moments off like like if you make the hero doubtful or if you have a hero train and you don't have that hair like if you if you're not showing that that character there's arc over the course of the movie and it does a disservice like that'd be like having rocky train and then all of a sudden he he decides that oh you know what i'm not gonna fight at the end of this movie it just doesn't make a lot of sense (laughs) i literally Uh, thought you were gonna say he trains and then he loses because i was like i'm pretty sure in one of those movies (laughs) that actually happened yeah the not fighting is better like yeah like that i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm just gonna hang up i i don't want like head trauma I don't want early onset dementia. I don't want to be punch drunk. I'm just gonna go be like a <laughs> like a commentary person, and you start my own podcast. I'm not like it doesn't like that's that doesn't sound bad at all. I, I mean, I I'm not saying that it's bad, but it, like when you when you have these heroes, it's cool to contort them. But if you're not paying it off at some point, then it doesn't work. It, it's not what we as fans of these like characters really want to see like it's like like for instance like charlie brown like he never gets to kick the football then all of a sudden like let's let's let him have let's let him let him let him have it let's let him kick the football and that's not the character like that's not what that that's all about it's it's you're kind of going against those things unfortunately do i do i like do i like the performances from these these actors like henry cavill mark hamill give like some amazing performances do I like the material that they're given? Uh, depends on my mood for the day. That's how I look at it. 
<laughs> I liked how you uh, picked out Charlie Brown because I feel like that's the character that is the protagonist with the most amount of doubt in like every any character anything. history. <laughs> it's like our main character is a very depressed little boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nate, take it away. Um, you know, I I agree with the it has to have a payoff. Um, I will kind of argue that this and even Last Jedi, like in in my mind the doubtfulness did pay off uh, in Last Jedi, like, you know, him throwing the lightsaber over his shoulder and everything like that. I didn't like it how, like, that was supposed to be a comedic thing. Like, a, you know, oh, hit, that's supposed to be funny. Like, oh, yeah, those are shoulder. No. That's a it big deal. You just threw away. He like, should have just dropped it and walked away. He shouldn't have just, like, tossed it. I didn't like that. That was a weird comedic thing for me. I like that he did throw the lightsaber away. I like that Superman is doubting the, the House of El symbol. I like that. And in my mind, the payoff is from Luke Skywalker actually doing the whole what he did at the end there. That was like top tier Jedi Master stuff right there. And to top it all off, he was holding the lightsaber that everybody saw as a symbol of Luke Skywalker and the legendary Jedi Knight. That was cool. Like that is him like peak Luke Skywalker, in my opinion. That was that. So that was the payoff. This payoff, in my opinion, is Superman's sacrifice. I mean, he even gets stabbed right where the symbol is supposed to be, and like what mm-hmm. that's supposed to. be. It's you still know. debatable. It is. It's it's highly yeah. debatable, and I'm, I'm I, I understand we'll ever, that it I don't can think be. The, the the divided nation of of nerds about Dawn of Justice will ever come to a conclusion because I don't think there is a conclusion. I don't think, and there shouldn't be. A I conclusion. have I have no right as to the next person to say. Yeah, exactly. That's how it should have ended, and that paid off. Yeah, exactly. If you do, go write your own Superman story. Go. I mean, you can. That's what I'm saying. I feel like I'll never win that argument. I'll never be like, hey, that was worth it. When the next person would say, for me, it wasn't. Exactly. that's okay. Exactly. And that's just everybody, you know, doubting anybody else's opinion. But hey, whatever. It's the world we live in. I love it. I love that. I love the... I, I love, really enjoy the I like pessimistic opinion. Yeah. I yeah. like it. I like it when my hero does have doubt because that makes it more normal to me. Even a character like Superman that's never supposed to be doubtful and is always supposed to be the symbol of a bright, shining day. Like, yeah, make him have a bad day one time. Okay. <laughs> I like that. And some people don't. Exactly. So, um, but yeah, take it away for the next point. Uh, next point is, I think it kind of segued into it, is the pessimistic Superman, you know? Yeah, um, my world doesn't exist anymore. Like that's yeah. like, it's, it's it. It's, it's yeah, you're right. I did. I forgot to mention yesterday. Uh, it kind of works coincide that yeah it kind of works in here he kept saying like the whole thing about like his father writing wrongs for a ghost he was living his life like how his father saw it was he referencing jonathan because didn't jonathan want him to not be superman was he like yo uh don't show your powers because the world can't take it so like how is he living his life the way his father saw it wouldn't that be him just being normal and Clark Kent the entire time. Not stopping the wheelchair is living like his father wanted him to. Is it really just that one instance, though? Is he only referring to not stopping the wheelchair? Because that's a little weird. I don't know. We can move on from that point. But, um, yeah, so I really like the sound design of him breaking the sound barrier, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, is he up, up, <laughs> in a ways? Up, up, in a ways. The and sound design is amazing. It's phenomenal. Right? I think, I mean, it's really cool because we saw it in Man of St- or heard it in Man of Steel, like, that boom is just like synonymous Every with Superman taking off. Sound barrier. Yeah, it's on point. I think it's cool. Do you think it affected Lois in a way? Do you think like it hit her in the chest? I don't know anything <laughs> about Superman flying. I don't know the physics of it. I don't know it's gravity, man. Y- you hear a sound, but do you feel anything? Yeah, you're asking the wrong guy. Yeah. All right. 
either way. Um, so yeah, uh, well, oh, okay, my one point on, uh, what does he say? He says, my world doesn't exist anymore. And yet, minutes ago, a lot of minutes ago, Cal's world is the woman standing right there in front of him. He and she exists that. right there. Yes, well, he did. She was my world. That's the whole thing. Lois Lane oh, is her world. that was in the nightmare, though. It was in the nightmare. And then I'm pretty sure, uh, what, next week when, or a couple weeks when he sees his father on the mm-hmm. hilltop, they reference, like, you know, the love interest in their life being, like, their savior and being their world. Like, you know, that seems kind of, he's he's a little blinded. How far away are we from that? One, uh, two? Two weeks? Something like three that. Three weeks? Something like that. But he's a little blinded as to the fact that he himself has already established that his world is resides in lois i don't know if he's i don't know if that's already established yet all right that's <laughs> uh, my I, opinion yeah um, anyway but i do oh go for it justin i was gonna say like it's obvious he, his world doesn't exist it's called krypton it blew up yeah so <laughs> i thought like it goes back to my original like it's lazy writing they're not being clear with exactly what what their meaning is like sometimes writing shouldn't be up for like the most literal like interpretation but at the same time it shouldn't be clouded in like well what's he going for there and then like the whole moment where he's like you know my like i don't i'm tired of living like a ghost for my father well which father is it jor-el yeah i mean yeah is is it (laughs) jor-el or is it jonathan and like like what you guys said like like the whole Jonathan Kent thing, which is bizarre because he literally said, like, you can allow, like, a tr- uh, bus full of kids to drown. <laughs> like, that's basically what he was saying in Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Like, it goes back to my thing of, like, the the writing here is they're trying to be too cutesy. They're trying to be too smart. And unfortunately, it's bringing up issues of... Uh, I'd it's say not continuity. Just like, it's not just continuity. It's just... It's it just it's it's too it's too highbrow, yeah. and it went and with when when you're trying to be too highbrow, if you're not clear you in your people. clear and like, well, I'm, you know, I'm tired of living like a ghost. Oh, okay. Well, for, which which father? Like he could have literally said, "I'm tired of living like a ghost for my mother." Okay. Well, which mother? If he would have said, you know, my, my, you know, my Kryptonian father, you know, he wanted me to do these things. He wanted me to save all these people. But I just, every loss, every death just hits me like a, like, like a chain, like someone just whipping me with like a chain or like someone's punching me in the stomach. I can't do that. I can't live my life for, you know, for these, for these dead people. I got to go my own way. But he doesn't. He says, look. I'm tired of living my life for for a, the ghost of someone. Well, which which someone? Who yeah, who, because... who are you really talking about here, Kalel? Who in like it even can, if you look at Lois's face, she's even confused. Where she's like, "Well, what are you talking about here? <laughs> which dad are we? Well, talking I met two about? of them. <laughs> like, oh no, she never met John. <laughs> right, she never met Jonathan Kent. Yeah, no. <laughs> and like it would have made more sense if. If, you know, it would have brought that scene where, you know, Lois and Jor-El shared that moment in Man of Steel on the Kryptonian ship. But it's it's like they, it's it's like they were, when they hired, I love Chris Terrio. I think he's a wonderful, you know, writer. I like, I really love uh, Argo. I think it's one of the best written pieces of, uh, of, no, of a non, nonfiction film in quite some time. Like, there's a lot of moments in there that I absolutely love. But... 
when you get into this realm of superhero films and you're trying to say something about something, you have to say what it is. Like that's what I love about like Chris Nolan and David Goyer. Like if you look at Batman Begins, like I know that we're kind of like going on, I'm kind of going on a tangent again, but if you look at Batman Begins, like there's that great line where Alfred where Bruce goes to Alfred's like, "Well, what do I do, Alfred?" You know, he, Alfred goes, so, you know, you buy sports cars, you date movie stars, and you buy things not for sale. The next scene, he literally does all those things. <laughs> he buys it, he drives with a sports car, he's with two movie stars, and then he buys a hotel that's not for sale. Like, that yeah. is what this needed. It was trying to be too Orson Welles. It was trying to be too highbrow. It was trying to be too smart for its own good and it fails miserably especially in this scene it's a great scene don't get me wrong i think that what the what lois and clark are doing here what henry cavill and amy adams are are doing yeah, is amazing doing. yeah like performance and then you have you know the lincoln memorial you know in the background you know it's it's like the subtleness of it but the writing the dialogue is such problematic so yeah it, it is an issue uh, re- referencing like uh, his father because it's like both Jor-El and Jonathan Kent have I would say completely different uh, opinions of who Clark or Kal-El should be like like they're two I don't know if they represent the same um, mentality so if you don't specify which father you're talking about are you talking about Jor-El that wanted you to be their new protector or did you want to are you referencing jonathan kent and that becomes confusing because if i don't know which father you're talking about i don't know where you're trying to spin this conversation or persuade me this that or the other but no. he was talking about Jorah, right? I don't know. Like he was. I, thought he was I mean, talking, I thought he was talking about jonathan kent. I th- okay so like i can see i feel like he's more talking about Jorah because one the ghost he was the only the ghost that he saw as of right so now. Should have said and right then, and wrongs for the ghosts of Krypton. Yeah, but then when I mean, I guess if you reference the whole my my world doesn't exist anymore, like that that planet, like Krypton doesn't exist anymore, that kind of like kind of makes I it never more thought sound about like how confusing it's, that could have been because I always thought Jor-El. it was Jonathan Kent. What yeah. do you think, Justin? I I, think I don't I don't know because it makes absolutely no sense because just a few <laughs> just a few <laughs> scenes later enough. we're we're seeing Jonathan, but when he says, you know, my world doesn't exist anymore, okay, well Krypton was destroyed. Um uh so he it would be clear that he was talking about Jorel, but then a few scenes later he's with Jonathan. They're having that moment about talking they're kind of like having this profound psychic and, you know, like when he talks about a ghost, okay, let me, I'm trying to think. There's two moments in Man of Steel where we both see both of his parents, like, kind of, like, we see Jonathan die, and then we kind of see, you know, the ghost of Jor-El be destroyed by Zod. And they're yeah. both, yeah. like, when, when Jonathan gets swept up by the tornado, he kind of looks like a ghost, and the same goes with <laughs> Jor-El. It, like, it doesn't make sense. Like, this is my... It doesn't make My sense. point yeah. of the writing here is lazy, and, and it stems back from Man of Steel as well. Like, like, well, you know, like, you're not supposed to save people. Dad, I'm not supposed to save a bus full of my friends? What? This makes no sense. <laughs> Even even if, even if I was nine, I'd be like, "What?" <laughs> so, but like that's yeah. what my issues with these with these DC films is they don't t- spend. They're they're worried about the sp- the spectacle. They're worried about contorting the characters. They're worried about throwing, you know, you know, making these movies something. But they forget the fundamentals of writing a good script, making sure that it's solid, and that they didn't they didn't take the time. 
They were worried about these other things. Well, we're going to have this big giant scene, you know, at the Capitol building, but we're not going to pay it off. It just, it just gets back to, I love this movie, but it's flawed. It has issues. It's warts and all. Yeah, so. it's good to admit so. that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, maybe Jonathan Kent heard, overheard him talking shit from the grave and Jonathan Kent was like, you know what? I'm going to show up as a ghost. And, and like, smack you across the head. you talking shit about me? <laughs> but no, um, like that could be confusing because now we got to ask ourselves later when we see Jonathan, we see Jonathan Kent as like a ghost yeah. in like two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks from now. Yeah. But not before this scene. Not two weeks in the movie. Not, well, Unless it took him two weeks to walk to but the But no, mountains. what I'm saying is like, <laughs> did, did Jonathan Kent show up as a ghost Superman at any point before the Himalaya scene no, that happens. I don't think so. You think that was the first time? Yeah, I think. Right? I, I think. Imagine if he's been seeing Jonathan Kent. That's as terrifying. A ghost. I don't want to think but about that much. But that's silly because they <laughs> they should have brought that up more. If you're going to be talking about your dad as a ghost, like maybe we should have seen him once or twice. Well, I mean, I, watching the movie, I, this is my defense for it, and I'm with both y'all on here. I was 100 percent confused as to which father figure you're supposed to reference. Up until we're recording this right now, to be honest with you, I really feel like it's Jor-El because he was the only ghost and because he's relating it to all the Kryptonian stuff that we're talking about. Damn, we didn't know I that. I never thought of. Yeah, we didn't know that Jonathan Kent was a ghost makes more up sense. until this point. I mean, if you were watching this movie, like you haven't seen it before, you didn't know about Ghost Jor-El. You didn't even know what the hell Ghost Jor-El was doing. You didn't even know what to think about that scene after it happened. You really, you only really Let's saw. The ghost of Jor-El, and I think did, Zod even uh, calls him a ghost. Even when we did Man of Steel, Minute, I was confused about: Are you a ghost? Are you a computer program? Exactly, <laughs> but I mean, Jor-El. Uh, what is it? Zod says? Uh, uh, you you are. Know, I'm arguing its merits with a ghost. And I'm arguing and it's, its like, merits with a ghost. That's cool. I like that. One props, Michael Shannon. You're the best. So I think Jor-El I love is you, Michael Shannon. the ghost. God bless you. And, yeah, and and <laughs> it would make sense because the very next scene we are in the sh- the Kryptonian ship. So would it make sense to have yeah. Jarrell show up because he references the ghost? And I always thought it was such a disservice. Now, if you're gonna have Jonathan, why didn't you have Jarrell? Jarrell has, or play a or, theme, like play Jarrell's theme or, while he's talking, like or Jonathan's theme. something. Like, like it goes back theme. to like this. This oh, film is feels like such a an amalgam of so many different people. Like, even the nightmare sequence, as cool as that is, what was that all about? It's never going to get paid off. It's never going to get paid off. Well, never, and that's the, my biggest issue well, with, maybe, you know, what, what's been going on is they do all these things, but they don't, they haven't had a plan. It's like the, it's like the Joker is like, you had plans and look what that got you. Literally, like, that is what is going on behind the scenes, you know, so. It's just, it's, it's just a lot of issues. Yeah, <laughs> It's yeah. a little unfortunate, for sure. Uh, moving on from this scene, <laughs> we enter the other side of the coin, basically. And speaking of Jor-El, like you said, Nate, we do, in fact, go to the scout ship. We are seeing... No, I, Justin said that, man. <laughs> Don't give me credit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one of y'all said it. Yeah. <laughs> you were talking about Jor-El. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, I mean... uh, we see... A case open, and inside that case are fingerprints. And Lex Luthor has scalped off the fingerprints of General Zod the alien, who I didn't know had fingerprints, but I guess they have them too. And it opens up the door now. What I like is because we did Man of Steel Minute, we got to spend at least 
40 minutes, let's say. In the scout ship? In, in just Kryptonian technology. Yeah. You know, we had to learn so much about Kryptonian mythology and, mm-hmm. and culture and whatnot when we did that podcast. And here we are again. And, it you know, it really just, it warms my heart to see, like, the scout ship robots and the, yeah. the architecture of it all. It's, it's nice to see it again. It's even still though, functional. It's yeah, cool. It's like, it's still there. You still see a little The robot. lights turn on. We're in the Genesis chamber in the end of this minute. And I'm just a huge fan of the Kryptonian design that they created and I've always been a big fan of how they they made those concepts and brought that to life basically and reinvented it in a way. So, mm-hmm. but uh I want to know what you guys thought about, you know, revisiting the scout ship for uh I don't know how many times have we been here? <laughs> oh, I like it. I love it. I mean, uh, going back to Man of Steel even when it was considered the fortress, like that's still the fortress in my opinion. That's still awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh that scout ship's still there in Justice League. Yeah, so like it's not like it Oh, it's definitely there in Justice yeah, League. Yeah, it's still there. Like so yeah bring me back into that scout ship make it fly again do something again like that's that's cool i like that the fortress is like smack dab right in the middle of metropolis Mm -hmm. that's awesome um i like it i think it's awesome that we kind of like have a familiar feel like it doesn't feel like a tim burton like movie you know where we go from you know batman 89 to batman returns it doesn't have that same feel like it'd be really bizarre yeah um if if that was the case, I have issues with this scene too, unfortunately, because you know if if Zod, if we if we're taking Zod's fingerprints and Jorel's entire and this is Jor, is this part of Jorel's scout ship? Is this because I'm just curious? How does how does that? I'm trying to like make this the phony baloney math work in my head. If this is Jorel's scout ship, why wouldn't he have it to where? Um, the fingerprints of Zod would not open things up. I don't know. Like that's my. Um, I just. I'm just like. I would like. I've seen this movie that many times. I just. I always. I'm always like. What? How does these scenes just don't work right here? Now I'll defend it. I don't want to feel like I'm correcting anybody. Let's get that. We're all friends here. Right. Everybody's on an even keel. Okay. So, um, in Man of Steel, I guess the main argument is that the scout ship kind of was taken away from the L family with the command, with Zod's command key being pushed in. But he Mark deleted. and I, you, yeah, he did leave it. So Zod's no, command he key. he deleted Jor-El. He deleted Jor-El. So like all of that is done. So like, it's just kind of like a shell of a scout ship. It's just there. It's just the same kind of scout ship that Kara jumped into when it left Krypton. And I think Mark 10, and I, thousand years ago. Yeah. Mark and I uh, figured out that the door was able to like recognize Kryptonian signature because and that's how he got Kal-El it got access yeah because he it. didn't even use his command key at all at first like he just Clark walked up then. touched the door and it like opened up for him and that was so it. how does even he have access to it who like how does it even how does cal l even have access to the scout ship it just we talked about it like it it must just know that you're a kryptonian it's like oh okay so is it just it's not actually look it's not scanning the fingerprints for General Zod's identity, it's just scanning his DNA for, are you a Kryptonian? I'm sure. Yes, you can enter. Yeah. That's what you think. That's okay. what I think. I don't, yeah, that's definitely I see, what I, I think. I, I don't know. I don't know why. The fingerprints mislead you, right? They make you think that, hey, this is for... It's for General Zod. General Zod, the command key is tomorrow, what it was. Tomorrow, hold on, right? Yeah, the command key is what it was, but he he doesn't, he takes off the fingerprints. He only uses them to open up the door. Mm-hmm. I think that little center... Uh, piece whatever on the door is like a touch ID are you a Kryptonian and he yeah. fooled a fly over the but ship but like that is the worst the design ever because I know a lot of humans that are 
terrible. <laughs> and I wouldn't want them to have like access to certain things. Yeah, one being I'm Lex Luthor. <laughs> <laughs> like, like it goes back to like what my whole theme, like th- these, like this is like a tale of a couple movies put together. Oh yeah, and, for and sure. It's 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 the you know the Terry Affleck you know stuff, and the Snyder try to put his own stuff into it, and then the studio wanted its own thing. It just doesn't. It's 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 so unfortunate that the first time that we see a cinematic version of Batman Superman, as good as it is, as much as I love it, is so flawed. <laughs> it has so many warts. It's like, Ugh. but fortunately, yeah. the Ultimate Edition kind of like eases those those problems. So yeah, it's like this movie is just one big like Stretch Armstrong. You just got your three siblings just pulling it each way. It's, it's like, like uh, well, it's like uh, comic books when they have like multiple series doing the same story arc, and you're like. Well, I have to go read uh, Tim Drake's Robin issue number 42 just to get part of the complete story. You're talking about like tie-ins and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah, like tie-ins. Okay. But, it could be like that. Where don't like, tie-ins, don't they kind of like all work within the same kind of like phony baloney like That is extremely debatable. <laughs> Sometimes they do not at all. And it's like, why am I, can I just not get this? <laughs> yeah, I guess I mean like it's really sometimes just they're great. Yeah, and it's just a give and take. Sometimes movies are great. Sometimes movies are bad. I don't know. And this one's, I, re- I really it's good. It's I, there's just you know, go ahead. Just I was gonna say I really nice like thing. the Jim Carrey Riddler version of Lex Luthor in the scene too. So <laughs> I love this Lex Luthor so much. I, I do too, like, but he, like, his his look is very reminiscent of. The very first moments of Jim Carrey in the as the Riddler in Batman Forever. Yeah, yeah he even has the long hair, I think. Yeah. Before yeah. he cuts it to become the Riddler, mm-hmm. back when he was just Edward Edward Enigma. Um, but yeah, so it's just really cool stuff. Now, we're getting the more scout stuff. I, I want to correct myself. We're actually going to get the generals out of Candor. I think tomorrow when he actually. But we'll get there. I'll save it. Okay. Save All it right. for tomorrow. All right. Do you guys have anything else for this one? No, sir. I, I'm, I've said too much. <laughs> <laughs> you can never say too much. Maybe. Uh, well, we're going to go ahead and wrap up for today. If you enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minute. And you can also find us at the Facebook page, DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society. Find us on there. You can chat with us with the other guests and the other listeners. Tell us what you thought about these minutes. Tell us if you liked some of the things, if you didn't like some of the things that happened in this minute. And let us know your opinions about those. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow for Minute 98 of Dawn of Justice.